Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. On the way, we'll talk to uh, David Gergen, a senior political analyst for CNN. He was a White House advisor to four presidents, Nixon, Ford, Reagan, and Clinton. That's pretty impressive. That's a nice little resume right there. It's insanely impressive. I feel like I could ask him about two million questions. Two million questions. What's the first thing that comes to mind with you? Uh, Can I start? Go ahead. He has a great quote. His quote is, he describes himself as a short-term pessimist, but a long-term optimist. What do you see in the short term? That's my first question out of the box, because (sighs) right now, I mean, gas prices are through the roof. It's crazy. And it's only going to get worse, guys. And we have an election this year, which always brings out the worst in us, Mm -hmm. um, which is not great. We kind of just got over trying to yell at each other in grocery stores, depending on what color shirt you're wearing. So that'll be fun to go through again. How bad is it going to be starting in when? August and the elections are in November. July. It's It's already started. started. I know, but I mean, when it really, really kicks into gear and the name calling and, you know, just. uh, Yeah, probably when the summer break ends for Congress, right? When they all come back to D.C. and every politician does it, every administration does it. They always blame the previous administration for the ills that they're dealing with. The line is, well, we inherited this. Well, okay, that's fine. But and I know President Trump was pretty incendiary, but he's not president anymore. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't, conti- you know, once you reach a certain point, you cannot continue to backtrack whether you're right or left. You cannot keep saying, well, we inherited this because but like, now what you about, own it. What about the, um, you know, they had all the tax reductions, tax cuts, the Trump administration, except they put in that certain people will have their tax levels rise and they waited for that to kick in until the next administration was voted in. Uh, So there are some things that carry across and you can't just say like, you can't change that. It's, it happens. Well, well, I I don't disagree, but the, but the problem that we're looking at right now, at least until the midterms is that you have one party controlling both chambers. So not only do you have the white house, you've got the Senate and you've got the house. So if you Kinda. can't if you can't initiate that, well, right, yeah, you can argue the Senate is, is pretty they're dice. so dysfunctional. You got to give it to the Democrats. They talk a great game. They say we're going to do all these great things. Yeah. They get into power and they're just fighting within each other. I have so much respect for the Republicans, because even though I don't agree a lot with a lot of the things they stand for, they organize, they stick by each other and they get stuff they want accomplished accomplished. Well, well, quite frankly, the Republicans right now are looking at the situation on the Democratic side of the aisle and they're saying, look, they're digging themselves a hole. Yeah, we don't have to do anything. Uh Here's the shovel. They're just going to let them keep digging. Do not open your mouths. Let them dig. After the uh, the Trump Biden election, you thought things couldn't get any worse, <laughs> and then the Supreme Court leak going on right now. We have yeah. the midterms. Yeah. It's going to be depressing. The leak is really depressing <laughs> because um, we're supposed to revere the Supreme Court. It's supposed to be a nonpartisan thank institution. Thank you. Thank you. This I've been saying this for the last two weeks. What people and don't after- understand is, hold on, let me can I, let me finish, and then you can finish. What people don't understand is they always say. Ah, leaks happen all the time. This is the United States Supreme Court. This is sacred. There should never be any leak whatsoever. Zero. Agreed. Agreed. No matter how much people working around the Supreme Court disagree with Uh a verdict, 
it it should be our highest court in the land and deserve respect. I'm tired of the phrase, the Supreme Court is not supposed to be partisan. It's always been partisan. Because True. if you're an administration mm-hmm. trying to get your judges on the court, e- even at the federal level, before you get to the Supreme Court, that's what you do. You pick people who are going to make decisions like you. Based on it's your party. Always, right. hundred percent. always been partisan. Always. Right. So where do we go from here? <laughs> what's, what's, our, <laughs> what's our next move? Listen, my biggest I, thing is I think the country will not shift directions until the current aging senior citizens who are in charge uh, across the board uh, from the president to the Senate to the House of all of them. They all need to retire. We need fresh blood. If you were in politics when Vietnam was happening, you need to step out of the room. Look, Washington, D.C. has has become Del Boca Vista phase three. (laughs) It's Del Boca Vista. It's Florida. I laugh, but no one. Margaritaville retirement home. No one will step away. I mean, why are you going to step away from a job that pays you a lot of money? You have zero expenses and you have zero travel expenses. So you can do anything you want. Because you're 80 years old. You have enough money. Go drink lemonade. Money Washington. George Washington walked away. He could have been president for life. <laughs> Follow his lead. Get out. Okay. Can we bring in our next guest? You can see David <laughs> Gergen as a senior political analyst on CNN. He was a White House advisor to four presidents. His new book is entitled Hearts Touch with Fire, How Great Leaders Are Made. It's David Gergen. How are you, sir? I'm better now. Good, good to talk to you. <laughs> Tell us what the United States looks like right now in the short term, because you describe yourself as a short term pessimist, but a long term optimist. Inflation through the roof right now. You tell us. Well, I just think we've had crisis after crisis stretching back over the last 20 years. And uh, we just haven't responded well to most of them. Um, And we've we've come out of a somewhat battered country and with a lot of Americans now emotionally exhausted. Uh, they lost trust in our institutions. They lost trust in our leaders. Uh, and I think the next few years are going to be rough. Uh, I don't think we'll get out of this quickly. But uh, there are signs, hope, coming over the horizon in a variety of different ways. But I'm seeing a growing number of people, young people especially, who are joining the effort to try to change the course of the country. Uh, and you find that especially I see two streams of people who are very, very encouraging. One of the young veterans coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq. They remind me so much of the World War II generation. They're disciplined. They're, they're, they're committed to the country. They want the best for the country. A number of them are running for Congress, both sides of the aisle. You've got veterans who are running as Democrats. You've got veterans who are running as uh, Republicans. But very importantly, a lot of them are signing an oath that if they get elected, they're, they're going to work together. They're going to work across party lines. I, I find that great, be very helpful. There's a second stream, less recognized, but deserve a lot more attention for what they're bringing. And that is young people of color, especially young black women, I find increasingly are becoming to taking a moral high ground in our society and are pointing us toward a better future. You know, whether they, they you know, started the Me Too movement, they started Black Lives Matter. I don't agree with a lot of their politics. They're to the left where I am. But I celebrate the fact that they're in the arena trying to change things, and, and they're looking out over the horizon. They're not just preoccupied with today's problem. They're trying to solve tomorrow's problems and make this a better country. Mm, that is so true. Kind of touching upon what you said, I was thinking this morning before talking to you that maybe what this country needs is a 
across ticket. We need. Do you think we could ever get a presidential candidate who's part of the GOP and we get a Democrat who's running for VP or vice versa? Do you think that could help gain people's trust? Do you think it could help cross some divides? Yes, I, I, I do. And I but it, it's very hard to accomplish because the person yeah. playing around with that, say, a, you, you could see Mitt Romney, for example, being involved with a, a movement or an effort like that. Uh, John McCain, if he were still alive, would be a, a perfect candidate to be, you know, looking into things like that. And, you know, frankly, there have been people out in Illinois and, and Chicago and beyond whom I think have uh, interest in sort of more, more bipartisan approach. But it's hard in this current environment. It's a big, big leap to do that. I think over time we can develop better relationships. We can see more things that are passed. I think we can see White Houses that are not as driven by partisan politics. And so... And I think especially as these young people and the millennials and Generation uh, Z, but also Generation X, that's the, that's the older generation, uh, and it's their turn at bat next, and, they, and, and I think they can bring a lot to the table and, and change the direction of the country. But it's going to, be a, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to require patience. It's going to require perseverance. Most of all, it's going to re- require leaders of people of character and courage as well as capacity. The three C's we like to call them sometimes. <laughs> David, you mentioned black women and how they're jumping into yeah. politics at a yes. at a pretty steady rate right now. And but they're not all Democrats. And I bring up Lieutenant Governor of Virginia Winsome Sears. You know, you do have a lot of vibrant black women that are on both sides of the aisle, and I think that's going to bring great balance. Absolutely, that's a really good point. I I I, I agree with you. And the, the Lieutenant Governor of uh, Virginia is a very, very good uh, example of what we ought to be pointing toward. You, we're not going to agree with each other on a lot of the policies, but if we could, if we could come together as a nation and, with, and realize that we all have a stake in how this turns out, uh, and our children and our grandchildren have a big stake in how this turns out, I think we can produce a more, uh, more responsible politics than what we've seen. I mean, this is a this is a clown show. Increasingly, uh, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. How do we get away from talking point politics? I feel like everyone oh. just gets the talking points from the head down and your grandma's spouting them, your cousin's spouting them, I'm spouting them. How do we move away from this, you know, I'm a one, what is the word, concept voter, one. like I vote on guns or I vote on abortion and I don't or consider anything bites. else. Yes. Or yeah. yeah. How do we move away from sound bites politics? A really good question because social media is obviously increasing the pressure in the direction of soundbite politics. I mean, social media does allow you to organize more quickly and get a movement off the ground, as AOC has shown us um, in the Congress. But it also has become a sewage line, and you know, which people are throwing things at each other, uh, and it, it, it's very, very hard to move beyond this soundbite. I, I do think it's going to take a group of principled people who come forward joining hands, in effect, across various divisions in our society, saying, this country is too precious to lose. And we're, we're, in the, we're, we're very perilously close to, you know, walking away from what made this country the greatest country in the world. Uh, and, you know, a variety of nations are now looking at what's going on in the United States and deciding we've lost our way. Uh, and, and as a result, our reputation is we no longer can command the kind of respect internationally that we once had. All of this is to say that we have we we need to encourage a new generation of leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I, I spent a lot of time in the classroom with uh, 
the millennials and Generation C, and I think they have what it takes. Not all of them. I, in any group of young people you meet today, you'll find people you, who are surprisingly <laughs> arrogant, uh, and low work ethic. But there are a lot of other people in this in the generations that are coming up who really want to get in the get in the arena and save the country. I hate that we're out of time. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the presidents that you work for. The book is entitled Hearts Touched with Fire. David Gergen, before you go, one last question. Are the stories true about Ronald Reagan, that he was smart, engaging, and he loved jelly beans? <laughs> well, that was he loved Morgan, but less smarter than people gave him credit for. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, David. Appreciate your time. Take care. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. 